What's up, everyone? Welcome to Tech Nubians, the only show where you have this many black people talking about technology and game design. <laughs> I am your host, if you don't know by now, because we've been doing this for a while, Chuck. And with me, we have Shanae. Hey, folks. Cherie. Hey, everyone. Leon. What's up, people? Travis. What it do? And Ryan. What's up? <laughs> this is what we're dealing with all day today, you guys. Y'all are not ready for this show. So Tech Nubians is a live stream podcast, and we focus in on technology and from our perspective as being black people in the industry. If people don't know, black people represent 2% of the video game industry, and that number is shrinking. And our goal and mission is to increase that number. So we're trying to recruit and get people involved in the gaming industry particularly behind the screen, but if you want to be a streamer and make content, you can be in front of the stream, uh, screen too. But we just need to advocate for our stories, our narratives, and our types of games, the games that we love and the games we want to make. Um, we're going to start off, as we always do, with the news. Uh, what's the hot news? Travis, Travis, seems like you got a news story going on. Yeah, you, I do. Kick um, it to us. Kick it you to know, us. something that's actually, you know, uh, very close to my heart, like Ken and Roberta Williams, no relation, no relation to me, but they're related to each other since they are married. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, they're making their first game together in over 20 years. Um, I, I, I really can't, I, I really can't explain how that, that makes me feel good. Okay. Like one of the, you know, the, the types of games really that inspired me um, you know, uh, a lot of them came from those two, um, at Sierra online, uh, okay. you know, all the, all the different King's quest, uh, games, for example. Um, and so one of the games that I got adventure, uh, that, that I, I got the most awards for was an adventure game, uh, adventure okay. game of the year. And, and, and so, um, yeah, so it, 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 it makes me feel, uh, great to know that, uh, these guys are, are, are doing something, uh, doing something new. That's nice. That's nice. Have they said what they're going to make? That I'm really, really curious. I'm curious. It's 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 they all they said or all I'm all I'm hearing in the story is is that you know uh, it's called the secret. Good name. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, <laughs> and it's also a collaboration <laughs> between uh you know the 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 Williamses and uh and, and 3D artist uh, Marcus Maximus uh, Mera. I'm so, assuming no relation. The secret has the game has no relation to the secret. The book. I don't know. <laughs> you never We're know. We're gonna assume that. We yeah. never know. That's fair. That's fair. You know. So you're saying if I just hope for this game really hard, it'll just come. It'll, <laughs> it'll manifest. You'll be like, hey, we brought you the secret. We couldn't tell you what it was because it's called you know, the secret. I guess. I guess the reason this just strikes a chord with me is because uh -huh. I remember after making, uh, after making, uh, you know. I guess it's my fifth adventure game, like mm -hmm. uh, Sanitarium. Um, and, and I would go to GDC, I'd see all these people just sort of going, adventure games are dead, adventure games are dead. And it just, and it's like, you killed them, you, like all of you, you killed them, you know? And, mm -hmm. and not realizing like, for example, like Zelda really is an adventure game. It is yep. a great adventure game. So stop limiting yourself. I, and the thing is, I don't really feel like adventure games ever died. I think they they definitely the the marketplace shrunk considerably. But like you said, there's like there's so many uh, like the DNA was all over the place. Basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
and even like you know in when mobile games started becoming a thing when but when portable games are becoming a thing like my 3ds <laughs> there was at least like a three-year period my 3ds did not leave my hands basically or at least it was, mm-hmm. the part that got away from me was like my backpack or something mm-hmm. and uh adventure games were like like that was one of the main things that i owned in that system mm-hmm. i mean phoenix think- Wright and various other things phoenix like right. they have their, yeah they have their they, they definitely have yeah. their, their their start in in that yeah yeah i i think they just evolved right i mean mm-hmm. even if you look at resident evil resident evil is an adventure game right mm-hmm. like yes you're shooting zombies but in between i have to go find the crest and combine the crest with the head and put it on the door and then the door opens and it unlocks and i get to mm-hmm. this area then between that period yeah i'm shooting some zombies but it, it's it's essentially an adventure game it's it's extremely formulaic all the way up to the eighth version they all have yeah, we're same. we're we're so quick to try and kill off things in the game industry. Mm-hmm. That is a, uh, for, no reason. <laughs> no reason. for no reason at all. We call it like RTSs are dead. Like, really? Yeah. I just played XCOM and I love it. Yeah, maybe it's mm-hmm. time for it to evolve into something else. Mm-hmm. Like, like That's turn-based. Turn-based. Turn-based, turn base, yes. yes. <laughs> turn-based are dead. Yes, yes, you're right. But further cement, further yeah. cement that, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as, as far as my love for, for, for games, like, one of my boys actually, uh, you know, bought uh telltale so uh that's getting revived which is which is great um and uh a developer that i worked with at sony uh-huh. uh, that used to be called idle minds is now called deck nine and deck nine uh is carrying on the 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 life is strange sort of franchise and yeah. if you haven't if you haven't seen what deck nine is doing um you should check it out because they're doing some spectacular yes. stuff Okay, okay. We we should put that in the chat. So if you can, type it in the chat or hand it to me, and I type it in the chat for the people. Uh, uh, Cherie, yeah. you seem like you have an article too. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about. Um, you know, there's been in the news lately. Um, we've heard a lot about mental health, in particular with Naomi Osaka, who is the number two tennis player in the world. She's won like four, four, four Grand Slams. You know, she killing like, it. Yeah, she's she's amazing. She's I think she's probably the number one highest paid female athlete in the world right now. She Black girl athlete. Yeah, made like fifty four million dollars last year. She um, ahead of the French Open, she alerted you know officials that she was not going to be doing press, and she said because she needed to protect her mental health for it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe they. Did not believe her, <laughs> but after she after she finished a match recently, she she did not go over to talk to the press, and um, you know she's getting a lot of flack for that. Like first of all, she got fined fifteen thousand um, dollars, and um, and eventually, and you know they were trying to kind of force her and trying to kind of like you know to, to get her to start doing press again, and eventually she pulled out of the French Open. And I said she's been getting flack here and there, and there's been a lot that's been spoken to about this because some folks are kind of like, well, you know. She, you know, the players owe it to people to like make themselves available, blah blah blah. But she said, you know, I'm going to protect and prioritize my mental health, and I, which I thought was a great thing. And I, the reason I mentioned this story is because the Calm app, which folks probably see like their commercials, like, it'll come on TV and it'll be like, do nothing for 15 seconds or something like that. <laughs> uh, the Calm app is backing her, and they they pledged to get fifteen thousand dollars to like a mental health org in France, That's and cool. they said that they uh, they released a statement saying mental health is health. To support Naomi Osaka's decision to prioritize her mental health, Palm was donating fifteen thousand dollars to uh, to a, a mental health organ France, and you know who's also doing incredible work 
in the mental health space to help transform the lives of young people. And they also said that they will pay the fines of other players who opt out of Grand Slam media appearances in 2021 due to health, mental health reasons. I thought this was like kick ass because I was just like, good on her for prioritizing her own mental health for this because lots of times we just look at it like, oh, they make millions of dollars, you know, they should take the abuse. And we pretend like the news media with regards to sports journalism, like actually bring some value <laughs> when they're asking <laughs> players about things like, hey, how, what did you feel? How did you feel when you like missed that last shot and like lost the whole tournament? What did, what did you feel? What did Bad? You feel? Yeah, what did you feel? <laughs> exactly. So, that part. So I just thought was, yeah, I thought that was fabulous. I, 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 you know, I commend the Calm app for doing that. I, you know, I just want to kind of bring that up because I think that is something that always gets lost is like, you know, um, mental health gets lost a lot. I I think it's, I think even though this is probably not the way we wanted to like, you know, start this conversation, I'm glad the conversation is here. I'm glad that, you know, that people are actually putting more of a focus on this. You know, I can't help it. I I can't help but think that's really, really good marketing. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It definitely is. Yeah, it is. It's and on top of that, there's an there's an add on to that. There's another organization that is actually pressing charges once charges press against the French Open for uh, abusing somebody's mental health as abuse mm. and also human decency infractions. Mm. Yeah, I mean these. Uh, you know, if you guys have followed the conversation online, the the you know there there are folks who are definitely like supporting Naomi Osaka. I'm one of those people um, as, as someone who like works in an industry that is extremely high stress, high speed. It's really hard to, and you can work really long hours if you let yourself. It's really hard to sort of manage that stuff. And, and there's mm-hmm. folks who, who um, wind up leaving the game industry because it is, it is so mentally taxing. Um, yes. And that's just mental. That's not even physical taxing stuff, yes. right? Yes. Uh, and there's folks who are pushing back claiming Oh no, she owes this to the fans. She like the the reporters are just trying to do their jobs. They have to ask the hard hitting questions, and I'm like, have you guys heard these hard hitting questions? These hard hitting <laughs> questions that they're asking. It's stuff like I think it was in 2013 or 17, some some years ago. You have reporters asking folks like Serena Williams, who was at the time the number one player in the world. Hey, are you intimidated by your opponent's supermodel good looks? Mm. How is yeah. that a question that's even remotely appropriate mm. in any case? Like double dose of sexism just flying at you. Yeah. Like these aren't, I yeah. think we're acting yeah. like like they owe us, we have to know what's in their minds. Like yeah. when they, when this thing happened, yeah. I'm like, why? <laughs> like, yeah. I, like, I mean, sure, it'd be nice if they're, if, if they want to sit and talk with us and stuff, but you know, these, these are, these folks are, they're not like elected officials or anything like that. Mm. Like we don't have to hold them accountable for like you know their great tennis skills I mean they have to tell us like who they're dating like what is that mm-hmm. how do these things actually go with one another mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm glad that she's pushing back i wish the conversation had had been able to kick off in a a reasonable way when she came out and said hey i you know i'm gonna bow out of these these conversations but instead they uh they waited till she bowed out and then they came at her like like it was like she didn't have a right to do so and now we're having the conversation anyways mm-hmm. uh and, and we're having it, like, it feels like it's a more contentious conversation, but it, it was a conversation that was always due. Mm-hmm. Were you going to say, Leon, you about to say something? Yeah, I think there's two There's two kind of points that come to mind. One is that the, the enormous clapback that I think was Venus Williams had basically saying that you guys aren't in a position to ask me hard-hitting questions because none of you are my peers. 
Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she was she. I mean, nicer about it than how she put it. But she said, "None of you can hold a candle to me." So, who who do you think you are? What insights do you think you're providing to the public? And again. Mm-hmm. It's 2021. We have we have the individual access to the athletes on their terms via social exactly media, right. Like you're more likely to get more honesty out of an athlete when it's on their terms as opposed to them being forced to talk about it after they just yeah. lost the match or something. Yeah. Right. Right. So so just just this note, just real quick just so so that so that notion is patently false. But you know, in a diff, it, it, I also just really want to to add on to what Shanae said about mental illness in our industry, more fundamentally mental illness to black people, particularly in America, is something that often goes unaddressed and that people are told to suck it up. Sometimes you can't suck it up. Sometimes you need help. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you need medication. Sometimes you just need someone to talk to. And uh, speaking as a man, I can say for sure, there is definitely a social pressure for you to just be quiet and grin and bear it. So anything that we can we can bring to this situation and tell people, look, it's okay to step back. Look, it's okay to get help because because it's real, because what we don't want is to people to try to shoulder the world and then end up eating a bullet because they can't take it anymore. So so I, I applaud any attention that we can bring to this issue. And I would say to anyone listening to us, if you need help, there is no shame in seeking it. Yes, yes. And I'm going to, before I move on, I'm going to tie it right back into the next article after this. But in the gaming industry, it's hard when you're black or, you, or you're the ethnic minority on a team. And they put the weight of that whole entire minority group on your shoulders. And mm-hmm. you think they're friendly to you. But when they go to lunch, they forget to invite you. Or, or, or they, they, they wait till the last, oh, we forgot to invite Charles. Charles, you want to come to lunch with us? Like you're a second thought. You know, you weren't yep. you, you weren't included into the main ask or anything, yep. and and so it's hard when you feel like you're in the studio. Sometimes even from three people, which is worse, up to a thousand people, and there's only a handful of you all. And you all and people think something when they see you all talking together in the hallways, or mm-hmm. you feel it. You feel that, or when you're when everybody ignores you and you're putting in good work, and they only come to you when they need the black answer. And not the yep. best answer. Can I? Yeah. Can I? I, I want to add my two cents onto mm-hmm. this too. I um, work nowadays is 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 pretty crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, it requires a a, a level of hyper focus that I think that people are not used to, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's not sustainable. Um, it, you know, and, and, and you need to recognize when you are working at that higher level um, and, you know, chill out, really, okay? Um, just because you're not lifting a two by four doesn't mean that what you're doing isn't taxing in, in, in some way, shape or form. Um, and I'm the worst at it too. Um, you know, people will ask me, am I okay sometimes? And I'd be like, yeah, I'll be all right, you know, but, but you're not. You know, you, you, you're not, and you, you don't recognize it until someone says, hey, man, you know, really, chill out. And uh, so, yeah, people just, you know, take care of yourself. It's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's super important. Yes. yes. Yeah, there, this industry in, in particular, it's, it's hard not only because there are very few black and brown folks, there are very few women, there are even fewer black women. 
in this industry. So there's, there's, like, so there's, you, you have that both the, 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 the hyper visibility and the invisibility, like, <laughs> like this, like this duality of our existence within this industry. Um, but, but also like we, 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 we do this because we love making games, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, we love games. We love making games. So there's this, this passion angle. You always hear about like, oh, how do you get in the game industry? Oh, we have to be passionate about it. Well, yeah, you know what? That passion is also a, a double-edged sword too, right? Like how many of us, you know, at work, whether it was requested or not, because you're, you enjoy the work, you love what you're doing. You are just in the zone and suddenly- It's, it's who like, you are. Yeah, and then suddenly you realize you've been doing it for too many days in a row, too many weeks in a row, too many years in a row, too many jobs in a row, right? Mm-hmm. And it's Preach. like, you have, to, you have to stop, but like a lot of times we can't stop. So that's why we have to hold ourselves accountable to this stuff. And we have to make spaces where we can talk about mental health. We can talk about mental illness. We can talk about work-life balance and just creating spaces that are safe, not only for just for everybody, but specifically for anyone who's already marginalized because it always hits us harder. Um, you know, the thing you mentioned um, earlier, Chuck, uh, about how, you know, there's so few of us in this industry. And so we sort of have, you know, a lot of times, like, you know, you're the only black person on team. You have mm-hmm. this extra weight on your shoulders. Like you're representing mm-hmm. all black people, all blackness everywhere. <laughs> within all. And for women, it's like also all womanhood also mm-hmm. is represented. You have to mm-hmm. be the the person that that like not only like speaks for everyone, uh, in your in your your marginalized group, but also uh, represents them. And mm-hmm. there's actually a word for that. I learned this a few years back because I hang out with a lot of um, <clears throat> nerds, professor type nerds. No, they, they study this stuff. The word for that is stereotype threat, mm-hmm. and it is a real thing. It's the additional level of stress that like we oftentimes don't we don't even think about. We don't even count, but it's there for Black and Brown folks, especially for women, for anyone from a marginalized group, and especially for people who are at like. The, axi- the intersections of multiple marginalized identities. And that is, what do you call it? Like a, it's basically a force power multiplier <laughs> wow. yeah. on, on something yeah. that's already tough. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we got to get our self-care, um, our self-care yeah. plans figured out. And yep. therapy, y'all, it's actually like, we need to, like, everybody needs therapy. Like, yeah. you know, everybody. Yep. yep. With with that being said, uh, Shanae, you have a, uh, 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 a story too. We may need therapy after this story. This? <laughs> okay. Uh-oh. Like a hard left turn. <laughs> you know, we're just having this serious conversation about mental health. And now uh-huh. I get to tell you guys about there is a new cut for the Super Mario Brothers movie. And I'm so excited about it. See, see, y'all thought I was playing. And y'all so, thought I was like, look at Leon. Super Mario Brothers. Leon, Leon, the dean then took off his glasses. He's mm. like it came out what like 19 uh oh it's like maybe it was like oh when did super mario's movie come out it came out a long time ago 1993 i'm looking at yeah um 1993 i remember seeing it oh it's just a long time ago but there's a new cut available y'all it's called the morton jangle cut y'all it's called the morton jangle cut because someone (laughs) someone found a old VHS tape, like like restoration, like the the Super Mario Brothers movie archive has been looking for this for 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 years, and they found it on an old VHS. If you know anything about VHS, if you don't know what a VHS tape is, Google it. Right, <laughs> everyone wow. on this call knows what it is because we're all old. But a VHS tape, those degrade. For yourself. <laughs> they, they had to restore it. They mm-hmm. actually had to go through and painstakingly restore the. The visual, the audio. There was an editor and artist. His name was uh, Garrett Gilchrist. Gil- Gilchrist, Gilchrist. Uh, he went through and restored it, 
and we now have a director's cut of the Super Mario Brothers movie. And you can watch it right now. It's online. You can watch it. It's like 20 new minutes of content. Uh, The original movie was terrible, but also wonderful. And I think Travis's favorite movie. So so I gotta gotta get this in. It goes to Jeff Goldblum. Your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could they didn't stop to think if they should. They should. If they did, because you shouldn't. No, this is amazing. It's okay, ridiculous. This is it's amazing. Ridiculous. Like no one, no one asked for this. No A whole one. archive asked for it. No one hey. asked for this. I am hey. prepared to die on this hill. <laughs> and we found one person that said they no one. This. We found one person asked that for this. I want you to do a fake death because I'm going to find that one person <laughs> that is super excited about this. You know, Travis, I, I've only not asked for this, moment. but I am so happy. I'm, I'm so ready for this. I'm looking over here at my bookshelf because I have a copy of the Super Mario Brothers movie on DVD. Next? No, DVD oh, that, that you gave me for Christmas one year. <laughs> and even though I don't think I've ever actually watched it, like I couldn't, I couldn't bear to get rid of it. Well, that's that's aggressive behavior. Important jingle cut. This is yeah, now they more, yeah, now I need the update. This um, is what COVID has driven us to. Yes. <laughs> Listen, this uh, is the best thing to come out of COVID since Murder Hornet. Sweet right? baby Jesus. No one, like... <laughs> you get to see Dennis Hopper. You okay. get to see Bob Haskins. Wait, wait, you get to see Johnny Wait, 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 wait. You have to watch it first. Travis. Wait. It's like it could be no, like the, the no, Snyder. Wait. Don't. <laughs> could be the Snyder. Okay. He, no. 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 Wait. Go ahead, Travis. We gotta Go think ahead. about this for a second. All right. Let's really break this down. The Super Mario movie had scenes so bad they were originally cut from the movie. They're back. And now we just put those back in. From outer space. Y'all see? No one on, time out, time asked out. for this. Time out, time out. We got a really quiet <laughs> participant on this panel. He just smiled and grinned. Ryan, are you Googling it right now? I'm, I'm, I'm living, I'm watching the, the, the actual cut right now. <laughs> See, I told you. I told you, Travis. Travis, I need that fake death right now. Sounds like Travis. When I, I see you, when I see you, Benjamin, mm. you better run. Mm. I told you, Travis, so apparently, I need apparently, that fake death. He's so excited. Twenty minutes. You by the way, y'all. Apparently, an additional Ryan. twenty minutes. Uh, I think it's from a version of the. I said some of some of the new scenes add additional content. And then some of those scenes well, there was uh, a oh. remnants of a more teen or adult vision of the of the original movie. Like more teen are, or an adult supposed to be vision. a little bit more um, mature. So a mature version. It's like oh. YA today. It's YA today, not children. I'm so oh, happy. We need to watch this. We need to watch it on my oh, yeah. on my big oh, yeah. movie screen. Oh, That's what we need oh, to do. Yeah. Look at Ryan. Look at Ryan. Right theater. Now. Ryan is so excited about this, and you scared him. You shamed him to the point where he can't show his. Decision. I'm gonna burn your house down. Not, not, not really, dude. It's. I don't know. I don't even know what to say, man. It's just you can you can be gleeful, Ryan. 
Know your worth, King. Know your worth, King. I'm good. I wish I had an extra set of hands <laughs> so I, I could I give that cut. In my eyes. I Four can't, thumbs I can't down. I it now. So. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, we're going to move on to the next story. Uh, um, uh, Leon has a story for us that you can probably watch this extended cut on because what he's going to talk about has a lot. It may be just as bad as this extended cut. So Tesla, uh, our friend Elon in Twitter, which is often a bad combination, uh, decided to tweet that the Model S and Model X uh, have the same graphical horsepower basically as the PS5. So they've got the uh, RDNA 2 uh, graphics technology in there. So, you know, it, at best, this means that if I'm on a trip and I'm at a supercharger station, I could be playing, uh, you know, one of those, I could be playing Cyberpunk, right? I could be playing CD Projekt Red on my Tesla. At worst, it means that those developers could have autopilot on and they can work on the bug. <laughs> that was the next question I was going to ask. Is, it, do you, is that with or without autopilot? Because about autopilot last week. It's not a thing. Don't play Cyberpunk while you think your car is driving for you. You will kill yeah. us all. Yeah. No, yeah. But it's, 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 it's kind of wild, right? Like, so uh, about 10 years ago, I got, a, I got a Ford Edge and it had the sync system in it. And one of the things I had to do was patch the sync system with like a USB chip. And that was like disturbed. I'm like, why am I patching my car, right? And you fast forward to now, right? And you fast forward to now where Tesla's patched all day and all night over the air. And they are a powerful computing platform. They have to be, they're driving themselves, right? Or, or even, even at the stage of autopilot that they have. Mm -hmm. So it's not surprising that we're seeing all this horsepower like getting driven, you know, driven into other things. So that's kind of cool. And, and you know, and, and yes, we, we definitely, tech Nubians do not feel that you should be playing any adventure game. Uh, <laughs> On your Tesla while you're only driving. racing games because that would kill you. Listen, <laughs> I, got a, I got a Tesla. I got a Tesla story, Ashley. Oh, okay. So a friend of mine actually had just bought his Tesla. Okay, um, and he drove it over to my place. Okay, and I was like, "Yo, man, this Tesla is dope." right? And he was showing me all the things you could do in a Tesla and so on and so forth. And I'm like, this is sweet. And then he goes over to the uh, main console, right? And he's, and, and he's, uh, and, and he gets on Facebook on his Tesla. And he gets mad because the, because the Tesla, like it, it, it like it's too slow. Like the Facebook is too slow. Mm. And I said, hey, Ryan, you know what? <laughs> Check yourself. Dang. 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 Your Tesla Bro. has 3G. You need to relax. Dang. Dang. Wow, wow. Okay. It actually advanced uh, beyond 3G. Right <laughs> he now. was okay. so okay. mad. Because okay. like, hey, he had 3G. Like His electric car had 3G oh, because wait, they wait. hadn't upgraded hold yet. On. And I was like, if you don't sit down somewhere. Did Ryan just say he has more GBs? <laughs> my 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 concern is mm -hmm. if if the if the Tesla can mm -hmm. if it has a the, the computing power of a PS5 why why do they have games on there like Centipede and you know Asteroid? <laughs> because you're supposed to be playing Returnal while you're driving. 
Yeah, not on like, Facebook, in the car. That's not what I'm here for. Hey, 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 I don't want to be at the supercharger station that long. <laughs> hey, Ryan. Yeah, what's up? You, you got a story for us, too, that you could probably plug on your Tesla. Uh, <laughs> right? Well, and, um, I, I was actually searching searching for that story and I actually found some, something better that I okay. think I'm going to tap into a little bit. Um, so it's actually about TikTok. Um, uh oh, where where is this? I just had the screen up, man. This is good. He, I, hey, you I, are, I, honestly, driving. Charles, I thought I thought you were gonna go. But it's all good. So TikTok, which I'm I'm sort of I'm glad we're talking about this because I'm this is something I'm recently doing a lot of heavy research into because I have a team of young folks who's who's trying to push me in that that direction you guys know i'm old i don't think about i don't think on that level facebook is i'm pretty much going out of facebook now but they're trying to get me into, into taking tiktok uh so basically tiktok just gave itself permission to collect biometric data on us users including face prints and think and voice prints so when i first saw that um Actually, let me let me continue reading before I give you guys uh, my, my thoughts on this. So when I was reading this, I'm I'm thinking, okay, I know this is owned by a foreign company, but who actually owns TikTok? So I'm reading it and reading that you know there are Chinese investors, there are multiple Chinese investors uh, that own a large percentage of TikTok, and they have a say on on the board that's for for uh for for anything newly created you know so so basically a change to tiktok's uh u.s privacy policy on wednesday introduced a new section that says the social app may collect biometric identifiers and biometric information from its users content this includes things like facebook and fingerprints which i already said so um it's it's it says it's also said that uh, uh, at uh, it that it never shares any any U.S. Uh, uh, the the U.S. Di division I guess you could say as you can say they never share any 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 TikTok user data with the Chinese government nor censor the content despite of being owned by Beijing based ByteDance <laughs> and it's of course it's they said. Don't. That it will never do. Of so course not. This, I mean, you know, because you know, because boss, you know, having yeah. having shipped online games in the Chinese market and had the games in completely laced with spyware that recorded every single word that people typed into the system. Nothing happens from a Chinese company without the permission, blessing, and uh, strict oversight of the Chinese, Chinese government. government. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, that, that's that, what I'm concerned about. Yeah, and if I can mention, like when when I saw the thing about like them collecting like biometric data, the first thing like little red flags start going up, you know, from like you know for like my privacy training um, with GDPR, mm -hmm. which we've talked about a few times, and also California's own flavor of that, which is CCPA, the California Consumer Privacy Act, um, which is highly regulated, starting to, like really highly regulate like the type of data that you can collect, and like actually making companies give a reason like you can't just take this data and just hang on to it for forever for no reason or you know you have to have actual purposes for it 
and you have to like tell people and be able to provide this data to people if they ask for it. Yeah. So um, that's going to be interesting to like to understand. Like, I mean, I know that there's there are good uh, applications of this kind of data, right? Like, you know, like I, you know, I've read a little bit about like, you know, uh, trying to do like uh, some machine learning and trying to kind of like be able to better um, provide accessibility options. So, for instance, like if you upload like a photo uh, to like uh, you know to, to I don't know to some social media platform and uh they can you you know they can uh use this technology to kind of like identify things in the background so that they can provide like audio descriptions of like the photo so there's good uses and then there's like other uses which you know that both of those are being worked on so it's a little interesting i i'd love to hear what tiktok's reason is for collecting this biometric data um other than just like because we can, because there's got to be like an actual legitimate, well, maybe illegitimate, I don't know. There's got to be a reason for it. I'm kind of curious. Well, you know it's going to be, you know, for customer service. Yeah, it's, it's bugging me big time. I'm getting ready to actually set up my, my TikTok page um, and I'm trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to put on there? Because, I mean, you, you'll put something there that's what, up to like, 10 seconds, you know, 15 seconds max or something, you know, and I'm like, okay, what, it takes me longer to draw, you know, ahead. I'm sure I can draw ahead in 15 seconds. It's not going to look good. So, <laughs> so we're trying to come up with creative ways of how do you, how do you do this with, as an artist? You know, how can you come up with something? Hyperlapse cool videos. Ryan, yeah? Ryan is the, 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 the heavy engineer here. I recommend you get a burner phone for that. <laughs> well, I'm not. I, I, I'm not running it. My uh, wife is, so I'm, I'll let her do she it. She should use a burner. Phone. <laughs> she can get the burner. Phone. <laughs> she should get the burner phone. Yeah. I, I personally would not connect my personal identifiable information to TikTok in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, man. Because yeah. Well, I don't know if you, any of you guys have ever been to China. I, I, I had a stop through there recently. About this was right before COVID, COVID hit. And it, it 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 did not feel welcoming going into the country. It just it felt very much like like it just there's them and then there's these people. You know that's what it kind of felt like, and it just felt it just felt super alien to me. I mean, I've I'm been sure it was you, Ryan. Asia. You know, they they this, don't like you. This is the only country that felt like weird when I walked in there. Like, <laughs> I used to feel like that going to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Canadians are too nice, man. Uh, uh, depends on where you go in Canada. <laughs> depends on where this you go. True. That's like saying <laughs> Americans are really nice too. Depends on where you go in America. Depends on where yeah. you go. Yeah, uh, we're gonna That's move on. Uh, y'all, anybody else have any last comments to this last story of going on TikTok? We're actually move, moving up, moving pretty fast. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, as the heavy engineer once said, you know, he would get a burner phone. <laughs> and we're go- we're gonna lean into that. We said the name of the show today is decoding, uh, decoding the coding, and a lot has to do with talking to coders and dealing with coders. And no matter how strong your game engine is, you're gonna need you're gonna need somebody that knows how to code, a programmer, engineer, whatever you want to t- call them or title them, to do so. You're not gonna be able to do this by yourself. I've met people like, yeah, I built my game completely in Unreal Engine, and I didn't need a, a coder. I'm looking at them like, mm, okay, how efficient does that game run? 
and the games they make are, are not super complex. So I'm like, okay, that's why. Mm-hmm. You ain't don't have somebody here revising the physics engine for you to make sure your projectiles move at a certain speed from depending on the gun they're from and type of bullets they are, the ammunition. There's coders that actually program all that for you and give you variables so you can actually change them. Um, we're going to talk about how each department talks to coding because art talks to coding differently than production and design and QA and we don't let BizDev talk to coding. They have no business talking to coding whatsoever. <laughs> BizDev talks to no one but the producers. It may be the leads because we have to have the pony show because we have to pony them out there. Like, yeah, BizDev's coming in. We need a couple, a couple hundred, a couple million dollars more. So I can have you guys in here convince them to give us the money. They don't trust me because I'm just the producer. They need to hear from the people that actually do the stuff. Mm-hmm. You know. And we'll start with engineering because the, the, from somebody that has a strong engineering background, how engineering talks to each other because they have their own set of rules and language. It's like what Omar said in The Wire, every person has to have a code. And you have to have a code when you talk to coding, for sure. Because you piss them off, your project is done. <laughs> piss them off for too long. You're going to piss them off. Piss them off for too long. Yeah. Uh, so, Leon, could you start? So I guess, I, I guess how I would put it is this, right? So a lot of people like to equate uh, the, the entertainment process of making a movie uh, to that of making video games. And there are a lot of parallels with how aspects of that are generated. The difference is, is imagine you're trying to make a movie and in, in the process invent the camera that you're going to use to shoot the movie, you know, through that process, right? And the lighting and everything else. So for, for a game, engineering is the single biggest point of failure for the entire process because ultimately whatever vision that you have it's going to be constrained it's going to be constrained by the hardware it's going to be constrained by the software it's going to be constrained by the number of engineers that you have the job so in many respects right the the and sometimes you have a producer a good producer they'll they'll provide cold water too but but engineering is often the cold water on any idea right like oh yeah i want to have like seventy-five thousand characters you know too bad we can render 30 30 right <laughs> you know so <laughs> so it's 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 important you know as engineers as we talk to each other it's important for us to first identify those constraints like what can we do what is possible to build in the time that we have what is it like we're building an online game how does that application scale i used to have arguments with travis when we were working on an online game where i was just like so what happens when five thousand people show up in the town square what's your server going to do right uh you know yeah. and the designer's like but i have this vision of this town square it's like don't care right <laughs> you know by the way i wasn't the, the one with that vision <laughs> i wasn't the one with that vision by the he way. wasn't he wasn't to be clear but but you have to consider this right so now like no one no one everybody wants to have an unfeathered vision right like they've got this game i want to do whatever but you can't do that, right? At the end of the day, you have to build something that works in the constraints of the devices and the software that you're building. And identifying those limits up front is a big part of what software engineers do. So then when we sit in these meetings and that guy says, 5,000 people in Iron Forge, and we go, mm, 300, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you know, we have to have those answers ready. So that's, that's what drives a lot of the conversation yeah. because we know we have to keep the project on the rails in terms of what we can actually do. Yeah. Or no, 
Okay. Uh, you want to say something, Sh- uh, Shanae? I was going to jump in real quick. Go ahead. Jump in. Jump in. Because absolutely, well, everything Leon's saying is 120% true, mm-hmm. right? And, and he's talking about it during the, the course of development, right? Like, so the bulk of your actual game development is the development part. It's, it's your alphas, it's your betas, it's trying to get to ship. But one of the biggest mistakes I think that teams make is not proper planning for their engineering and tech needs before you start stuff up, right? Like we've probably all been on a project where the pre-production wasn't actually pre. <laughs> it was, it was like pre-production and your your production was like sort of like we're running side by side. Uh, and your alpha and your beta were probably running aside. We had a term uh, back at EA. We used to call it balpha. It wasn't alpha. <laughs> Damn, balpha. <laughs> Man, that sounds painful. You know, notice yes. how that didn't need any explanation. As soon as yes. you did it, everyone got it. <laughs> and all of us felt it. We were all like, oh, man, yeah, I had some balphas in my life. <laughs> yeah. like, one of the biggest challenges, one of the things that makes games like so hard is, the, is understanding the, te- the, the technology that you need, mm-hmm. uh, the constraints for that technology, and then mm-hmm. designing within that box. Not saying that you always have to stay perfectly within here, but understanding if you decide you're gonna go out this way, okay, well that move that shifts the entire situation. You might lose other things as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so one of the biggest things like as a producer, when I'm talking to my engineers and when we actually are in a state where we're doing pre-production because every game deserves pre-production, please, please do pre-production. Um, one of the things that's absolutely critical to do is to, to really start identifying what your technical risks are going to be. What's the most complicated stuff that you got on the design docket, you mm-hmm. know? If if you got an online mode, trust me, it's online. <laughs> yeah. If yep. you got if you got systems that are you know if you're working on emerging tech, if you got systems that are trying to push the needle on things like those are like we need to identify what those are. What are those risks? And then are those technological solutions? Because sometimes they are, but sometimes they're not. Like a lot of times we turn to tech to, to solve the tech solve the problems we identify during pre pro. And it's like, hey, actually, this is a design solution because the technical solution is oftentimes the most expensive solution. Mm-hmm. So we have like that's part of what that pre-production phase is, and it's also why it's critical to have the right engineering folks in the in that conversation before you start writing any production code. Can yeah. I just really can I just really quick put in a real good point just to yeah. just to nail it home, Janae? A lot of people love really cool AI in their games, and I tell people. You don't have to have great AI in your games. You just have to think that there's yes. great AI in the game. Yes, <laughs> it's an illusion. I don't need an intelligent agent that's really doing all this pathfinding and is making decision matrices. It could have the XY coordinates of the player the whole time. So if you go and look at the original Doom and you you render the scenes that are off screens, all the monsters are following the player, right? through the environment. They know where he is all the time. And they just don't move until they have line of sight. But people mm-hmm. say, oh, look, he saw me. It's like he knew where you were the whole time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We're, we're giving up all the secrets today, you know? Hey, 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 <laughs> by the way, I, I take your Balfa and raise you Ada. Sounds a little more visceral, actually. We, we did a, um, we did a yeah. bub mission once, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I, you know, it's funny. I, I, I tend to actually, um, when, when I talk to code, I'm, I'm immediately assessing what kind of coder I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and uh, and and I think it's uh, you know you you have if, different if, types. Of coders. Yeah, elaborate on that. What type right? of coders? Well, do you have? Like like for example, the the the, the coders that I can't stand, <laughs> I call the <laughs> I, I call the coder bot. Okay, um, and it is it is someone who will just code exactly what you say, right? <laughs> right? And it reminds me of that joke uh, that you know you, that that you posted, Leon, about you know milk. about getting you know all the milk. Um, I, I I don't like them <laughs> because they're forcing you to code in your head already, right? Mm -hmm. I, I I tend to want to work with uh, with with coders who understand what you mean okay mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's an important distinction and, and the reason i say that is because i think a great programmer thinks holistically mm -hmm. okay a great programmer is going to think of all the stuff that you don't okay uh and it's because they've you know because they have to deal with that abstraction right mm -hmm. now um now the cool part um i think is even more so than a coder that knows what you mean um, and I think the ultimate expression of a coder, at least in, in, in my opinion, is a coder who knows what you mean and gives you the ability to change that on the fly. Okay. And that's yeah. when you get into like these superheroic uh, coders who are on the tool side, right? Because if they say like, hey, here's a gun, make it feel nice. Okay. All right. And so the coder will get in there and he'll start changing variables until, you know, your, your gun feels nice. Or that coder says, Here's the tool, make your own guns, right? Now you can model everything with this tool. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, 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 yeah. and that's what I personally think is like the ultimate expression of, uh, of a coder uh, is, is, is someone who knows exactly what the job is and codes around it in such a way where he can give that back to the people who are actually yeah. uh, in charge of this simulation and, and, and empower them. Uh, yeah. when, when, yeah. when they can take all that computing power and give it back to you that's yeah in my opinion you can't get better than that as yeah. far as coders concerned but but travis yeah. I, I i just really briefly have to defend you know we we call them walking compilers right <laughs> that 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 person that's that's super literal but i i do have to defend them and this is why it's important for a producer to have strong and crisp communication skills right because you're going to walk into that person that's going to say you know you're going to say hey you know, go to the grocery store and get milk. If they have eggs, bring home six, and they're going to bring home six containers of milk because they had eggs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's the logic. But um, it's, it's why communication is important because you're going to run into it. He may just be young, right? Can, can, yeah. can, I, can I throw something in here on that too? Uh, oh, and, and, and then I can go to Sheree. I think Sheree, Sheree yeah, Sheree, you want to say yeah. something? Yeah. 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 Um, I've, I've worked with walking compilers and I think as an industry, we tend to let them off the hook when it comes to communication. Because yeah. like, we, we, like absolutely like producers, like my, like 90% of my job is getting left hand to talk to right hand and stuff. But mm. that doesn't mean that that should only be my job. Like we're all working on a team, right? In order for teams to be effective, we have to be able to learn how to communicate with one another. And for some reason we have that, we have that stereotype of like, oh, the, 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 the socially awkward, you know, doesn't like speaks in ones and zeros kind of like, you know, a coder that doesn't know how to talk to a, a person of the opposite sex or of the same sex or whatever, just doesn't talk to humans. And we just sort of let that like, well, that's just how they are. I'm like, no, man, if you're on a team, 
you got to learn how to communicate with your team. It doesn't matter how good of a coder you are, you will have a ceiling of where you can be successful with in working with a team if you cannot figure out how to, how to talk to the team. You know, yeah. you know, what's interesting, what's interesting. Oh, oh I'm sorry, Tree, I forgot you were next. Sorry. You are. Sorry, no, this, is a, this is a great conversation, especially with like all the folks who are on here who actually do code. I come at it from like the QA side, right? Where it's like mm -hmm. actually testing all those hypotheses, you know, testing that, hey, can we actually get, you know, and we know we can't do 5,000 people in the town square. We can do 300. Can we actually do 300 in the town square? Like, what does it actually look like with the actual experiences? You know, um, a lot of my, my testing experience, I actually was doing compliance. You know, and when I was doing testing, it was it was a more contentious era. I will say, like QA and like our engineering team, they didn't they didn't really feel like it still is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it always won't your work, right? And like you know, sometimes QA folks aren't always like we made we made you know. You're breaking up, sure. Oh, y'all y'all can hear me okay? Uh, you're breaking up just a little bit there, but I think we, we understood your point and stuff on this. Yeah. I, I often say that, uh, er, like, we're all like programmers, producers, artists, design. We're all liars, and QA is the ones that keeps us on. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. Yeah. yeah unfortunately, I, I, I've seen like some epic, like, uh, you know, face-offs between code and uh, QA, right? Because code would be like, "Oh, it works," and QA is like, "No, it doesn't." No, it doesn't. Can y'all hear me okay now? Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. Like, I, I needed to switch my mic over. Yeah, no, totally, right? I, and I, I'm not in gaming anymore, so I don't really know, like, how, like, how much the adversarial relationship still it's remains. It's gotten worse. It, has it gotten worse? <laughs> I mean, it's... We got some good stories from back oh, in the day. Oh, yeah. It's always, it's always going to be adversarial, particularly to somebody young, when it's like, look, I'm introducing you to an entire department that is going to nitpick every <laughs> single thing you do and you know what qa are the heroes of the game studio yep. because they save your secure. bacon on a scale that is epic so yep. it's you you know as an engineer i'm telling you a, a 22 year old engineer that's rough i'm speaking from experience that that initial conversation with qa it is rough but you learn to appreciate them because there are ways to approach that relationship in a way you know, we've all seen the nasty bug report. So like, what were you smoking when you, when you, when you found this bug? What were you yes. smoking when you wrote it? You know what I mean? Like we've all seen these conversations, but if you could keep a professional, it's like, oh, how'd you find that? Like, oh, dang, a good bug. You know, so, yeah. so yeah. when it works beautifully well and the, and the engineers get some maturity and they understand that this person is here to help us collectively. And it's not that they're just trying to, you know, and, and some people are like that, right? Like they wait, they wait to the build is fresh. Like the build's dropping at 2 a.m. I'm showing up at 2.01, I'm getting all the I'm easy. dropping this crash right now. <laughs> no, um, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And honestly, I think um, like the best, the best QA teams that I worked on is where like QA and engineering did actually come to an understanding, yeah. you know, Know, to be like listen we're all on the same team we're just mm -hmm. looking at this from different sides right so mm -hmm. for instance you know you at you might have somebody from like from qa who was like hey when i put 50 sprinklers on this screen like the game stops i'm like well yeah no one's gonna do that you know but like so we have to have like basically they need to have those conversations to be like what are the actual parameters what are the intelligent things that we can test to make sure that we're you know we're actually providing input Value. or feedback yeah feedback that's gonna be valuable not like super edge case 
Uh, honestly, <laughs> every tester of, will do at some point, but super. I kind of loved the edge case stuff because I'm like, when QA was to a point where they're just doing edge case things, I'm like, cool, my game must be pretty solid. <laughs> yeah, when you put no, all over that, yeah. yeah like when it, they're, when they're scenario, plugging a multi-tap that... into a multi-tap. <laughs> yeah, I call that getting mad at the rev. I'd be like, why are you mad at the rev, man? Like, like, stop being mad at the rev. You know, you could tell because all the QA bug reports come back just angry. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're like, when I do this 150 times, it crashes. You're like, really? <laughs> I remember putting in a really great bug back when I was in QA. This was probably like, 18 years ago or something like that and i put in a bug in uh, a certain racing game that we were testing and if you played through i think four four um laps like four, sorry four four uh four, yeah four laps and then you plugged a multi-tap in that already had a controller plugged into it and then pulled it out during the loading screen the game would crash 100 percent of the time didn't work <laughs> if you did it during one of the first three laps didn't work if there wasn't a controller plugged in 100 crash dev didn't believe me i went upstairs and reproduced it for them and i got the nastiest message back i think it was like qa do you ever want to ship this game i'm like listen i just have to report it you can do what you want with it after you don't have to you don't have to fix it but you know, just document yeah. it's, it's a bug it's a bug yeah. I, it's I will mention probably my favorite bug that i had was when i was working i was working on goldeneye for the ds and i knew that on this board you had odd job was like the bad guy on the board and I had, I knew there was a gun that I could find that you could shoot through levels or shoot through like objects. Mm -hmm. Yeah, shoot through walls. So like I started off the game, I started off the level and I was like, let me go get this gun. And I st stood there and shot every direction until I shot and killed Oddjob from the very beginning of the board. Nice. <laughs> and I was like, y'all should not spawn Oddjob until you get it. <laughs> until you get there you know it's it's funny because like some i mean added the rev yeah well i mean honestly i came upon it by accident i came upon it because i found that gun and shot once and it said odd job has died and i was like what right. <laughs> why is odd job already why is he already gone but you get some really great bugs yeah i think yeah. i think it works best of course when you have that partnership between like engineering and, and qa and actually all of our different groups because yeah. we're all aiming for the same goal frankly I, I think and i think one thing we can mention to give people uh, a concrete fact of what we do in gaming when you is, just to your point, uh, we all have to work together, and that's this notion of triage. So when we're in this process, production, test, engineering, we get in the room and we look at these bugs and we decide which ones we're not going to fix because, yeah, putting yeah. those 50 sprinklers down, we might not fix that one because that one might not be kind of normally possible to get to in the game. Every game ships with bugs. It's, you know, software... Fixing software is like, you know, that the dam where you you put your finger in the hole and another hole comes up somewhere. And when you get to the end, you get real stingy and like, I don't know if I want to plug that hole. I'm afraid something else is going to open up somewhere else. So, so we let things go. And, and that's determined in triage. And, yeah, and that's exactly why in that particular game, you can only have 49 sprinklers, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Sims, by the way. Yeah. yeah. I thought that sounded like a Sims bug. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think so, that, I think that that's um you know we, we talk about we, when we think about engineering we oftentimes think about like the explicit like coding sort of thing but QA engineering is a discipline that's really yeah. absolutely critical and it has been um you know it, it, it I think it's one of the, the the disciplines that's still actually really growing in in, in thoughtfulness and it really helps uh, uh, supplement um, the the type of testing and the type of work that needs to be done yeah. if you think about it like you've got you know a lot of these games like especially with user even without user created content you might have you know, hundreds of hundreds of uh, uh, skins. You might have dozens of levels uh, that you're loading into, and you could have a tester do all of that work, or you could actually automate it. 
and you can have automated testing yep. that helps, like helps actually go through and, and take some of the, the, the menial work, yeah. the repetitive work off of people. Yeah, I, I tell everybody, there's a God, God of War 3 bug that breaks the game in the very beginning when you're facing Poseidon. So if you get it when he gets you against a rock and he's throwing the trident out, if you double jump, light tack, heavy tack, heavy tack, light tack, you'll fall through the world 100% Ooh. of the time. I did it 100% of the time. And my friend was like, there's no bug that early. I was like, come over to my house. Oh, he came yeah. over. I just did it. So I'm looking at him, not even looking at the screen and knowing it's happening. I don't even have to look at the screen. I don't have to look at the screen to know I can produce this bug. Let me do it again <laughs> for you. Let me record it so you can take it back into the studio and let them know I broke your game. Your game is broken. Y'all shit with a broken game. This is the first 15 minutes of the game. I mean, maybe <laughs> not a broken game, this? but there's definitely the, the there's definitely that bug there. You know, we should do it. We should do a time where we just reminisce on all the ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> oh with yeah. the yeah, there's not the anyway, game we worked on. But this like, is a friend that told me, like, yeah, yeah we, won't, we almost shipped a flawlessly uh, bug proof game. I said, God of War 3. He's like, Yeah, I was like, Oh, no, nah, no, nah, there's no such thing as a bug proof game. The, yeah. there, there, there's only one studio that's been known to ship uh, bugless games, and that's PM Studios down on Third Street in, in LA. Give me and, that game, I'll break it. I, 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 I'll give you the games from even Sony was like, Yeah. They give them. They, it takes them a while, but but that's one thing that uh, Michael works on is make sure the games are bugless. If it bleeds, they I, kill it. I, <laughs> I, said, uh, I said the I've, same I've thing. I've got so many bugs I've found in in shipped Nintendo games. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Nintendo. Absolutely. Absolutely. By just by just saying there are no bugs, you spontaneously created one. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 I it's thought like it was in a the thing interview too. question when they ask you what's your greatest flaw, and you're like. I can't think of one. You're like, oh, I think oh, I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Narcissism. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> That's it right there. But um, we're going to move on really quick. We're getting close to the end of our show before we make Ryan show us what he's working on because he's smiling. I saw the guys Mario Brothers. Not yet. Take your time, Ryan. We're going to ask. Yeah, he right act, don't act like you ain't drawing. <laughs> I know it. I know it. I know it. Um, right. uh, what are you all playing right now? And what are you looking forward to at the E3 or after E3? Ooh. I'm 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 actually playing Demio. Like I can't get you enough. Like it? You love it? Yeah, man. I like. I got it and haven't played it yet. It's it. I'm, I'm looking Tell for people to is. help me out because you know. Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. because that that game is dope. Like mm, it, it, it yeah. it's it's giving me all my RPG vibes. You know. Okay. And 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 Tell and I'm actually late is. to our D and D game actually because I'm doing the show. Tell, Please, the please don't is. at me. By the way, for this next one, don't at me for this. <laughs> I'm finishing uh, the Final Fantasy remake. I haven't even started the Final Fantasy. Don't at remake, me. And I'm don't sitting, at me. I'm sitting, look, it, it, look, it I'm took them like me. 30 years to remake this. And I think it's okay yeah, if, if it I took me like six years. months to play it. Yeah. 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 Hey, I haven't even started like it. Year, Travis. Huh? It's been out for like a year now. Come on. Now. I, I, I know. I'm still playing Returnal. Uh huh. I actually took a little bit of a took a little bit of a break from it this week because that game is stressful i am i like it a lot but i took a little mm-hmm. bit of a break from it uh and my sister and i were playing uh age of calamity um the hyrule warriors 2 game mm-hmm. uh you might have seen me talk about it on twitter it um it stopped kind of being fun a little while ago but oh, yeah the cutscenes. I'm, I'm still i'm still invested in the cutscenes because those are actually like legit high quality like they're trying to tell a story it's not a good story but they're trying to tell a story and i'm a sucker for zelda stuff Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sucker for Zelda stuff. What are you playing, Cherie? Are you uh, playing? Or are you doing art still? I <laughs> I'm trying to make myself. I took the summer off from my classes, so I'm trying to stay motivated to make myself do art. Um, but no, I'm I'm playing Famicom Detective Club. 
I'm not very far into into like the missing air. I have come across a few bugs in that game. Let me tell you, it's not bug free. <laughs> not is not bug free. Even you know, oh, yeah, thirty years later. But um, <laughs> but no, it's 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 interesting. I'm looking forward to the new Phoenix Wright game that just got announced yes. um, about a month mm-hmm, or so ago. Mm-hmm. So, so, yes. Objection. Okay. Okay. Leon, <laughs> no, what are you playing, Leon? Uh, I'm playing Resident Evil Village, so uh, you know, enjoy, enjoying that. At you know, whatever reason, I love to play that one at one and two in the morning with all the lights off. Uh, but uh, enjoying just because there's a character named Leon, probably not in this one. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> not come up yet. Uh, but but good tension. It, it feels good. Um, you know, they do a good job with, of Resident Evil of of. You know, ammo is scarce, but they give you enough of like the pistol ammo. Like the old Resident Evils, you you would sit there with zero bullets and you're throwing harsh language at the zombies. You know, in this one, you always have, you know, nine millimeter. You may not have shotgun rounds, you may not have machine gun rounds, but you have you always feel that you can fight. So I thought that was a good stylistic change. Cool. Uh firearms feel really good. Um you know, uh, not just kind of insta-kill everything and uh, uh, shotguns, recoil, all feels great. Tension is high. And and tall vampire lady is no joke. So, Okay. okay. Ryan, are you playing anything? I've been itching to, like, just shoot people all week, so I started playing Call of Duty. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I just wanted to just, you know, because I just started, I, I jumped back into Call of Duty. <laughs> okay. Not 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 literal shooting because I don't. We know we get, we get it right. You still here. never will. You still here. You with the free. You with the free. We know you're not doing no real shooting. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, no real shooting. I never. I've only shot a gun once in my entire life, so I, I, I like shooting Call of Duty. Okay. okay. Water guns only. Okay. All right. Show us what you're working with, so we can wrap it up, Ryan. Yeah. All right. So to give you guys a quick uh, snapshot of what I've been working on, um, this is an IP I've been working on for a while now, Um, and it's called uh, Spark. Mm -hmm. And this is the this is the 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 one promo image that I I created. Um, And I can't show the panels yet, the actual co- panels in the comic, but basically this is the brief uh, uh, story of the, of, of the, the, the brief of the story is she's a, she's a character, she's a, uh, she's an artist in the game. She's an artist in our industry, in, um, in, in comics and games and stuff like that. So that's who she is. She's sitting at, at her art table and she's working on, it. so this is my, my creation um and and this is the story is about about her being a young artist in this industry and it's specifically written and and engineered towards showing the young generation how do you get how do you ramp up your art game how do you play the field and how you get plugged into the the uh the industry the industry system so so you can actually start working in the industry so this is a manual i literally show people how to do it through through the perspective of of an artist in this in this book nice that's nice nice okay there's a reason why it's drawn this way the the character the main character is the only person that's going to be in color and everything else is going to be drawn like what you see guys here on the left hand side oh nice uh just I, I'm going to be very upset if I'm not in some way, shape, or form in this conversation. <laughs> what? You already, you already are. Okay, good enough. <laughs> I haven't said it yet. All right. You already oh, are. No. It'd be oh, all no. of us with a black you know, cancel. 
it, there's, it there's tracks, a balloon with eyes somewhere yeah, in the ground. It's just yeah. I'm trying to. Um, uh, I, 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 I have, I have you there as a, as, as, a, as, a, as a, a black guy in, the, in there. But I'm being told by a lot of people to change it to a black woman. So I'm kind of battling with them right now to. Because it it just it they, they think it works better with the story. So um, all right, fine, just use Sinead then. So whatever, we'll I, you know, we'll you know. All right, whatever, I can take. It. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, Ryan. I'm going to close and close yeah. out the show for today. Thank you all. What a great discussion. Decoding the code, the coding, not not the code, but the coding. Um, for people that are wa- listening and watching, I hope you learn how to talk to your programmers. <laughs> and then hope you learn how to talk to everybody else on your team because that's very important to complete a game is to communicate. Uh, to communicate, first of all, I want to thank Digital Click for everything they do for us, all the creative they do for us, our environments and everything. Uh, we're going to be doing an art upgrade soon, you all. So you all will see more beautiful things coming out from Digital Click on our channel. And if you need art, go to Digital Click. If you need some marketing, go to Digital Click. If you need promos, go to Digital Click. Uh, for the rest of the week, we have Pod Squadron. They're, they're covering the Bad Batch. They're, I think, episode six now. And we have Nerdtastic tomorrow. And I do not know what they're talking about tomorrow, but Nerdtastic <laughs> is back. They're a deep dive podcast. They're like a hardcore history of geekdom. And so they go into deep topics like, let's break down all the Transformers, everything about it. Oh, they're, they're like, let's break down Willow and everything attached to Willow. I was like, there's more things attached to Willow than the movie. They're like, oh, yeah. Did y'all know that? I didn't know that. So, you know, so to I hate Willow, whatever. Whenever y'all want to talk about Transformers, I'm down. I'm okay. a Transformer fiend. Okay. And then that, I know because you made your own Transformers. We'll talk about oh, that. Oh, I used to. Day. Oh, yeah, I did. Every <laughs> single one y'all. of them. <laughs> uh, with that said, I'd like to say good night. Anybody want to say any last words before we get out of here? Follow us, Tech Nubians, www.technubians.com. Bye. Cool.